Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we're in week two of our sermon series called The Walk. And remember what we're doing in this series is we are getting into the five essential practices of the Christian faith to learn what it is that you and I need to be doing to walk with Christ on a daily basis. And again, to put this into perspective, you've got to understand that there really is no magic bullet when it comes to discipleship. And that if you'll just read this book or take this class, then somehow overnight you're going to have it all figured out. No, the truth is, just like with anything else in life, to grow, to learn, to to walk with Christ, you've got to develop essential practices or habits that you give yourself to on a regular basis that will continue to shape and mold you throughout your life. Or just like when it comes to, to living a physically healthy life, you have to develop the practice of eating well and exercising and all that kind of stuff. Well, the same is true of our spiritual practices. So last week, to set the foundation for this series, we got into essential practice number one, which is worship. And what we discovered is that if you want to walk with Christ in the day-to-day bump and grind of your everyday existence, then you got to practice worship. It's just a part of the deal. Because what we do on Sunday morning, and then what we should be doing throughout the week in prayer, is connecting, resetting, and plugging in to our power source. Or, or this is the thing that, that keeps us living in relationship with our God from which everything else flows. But, but now that we've set all of that as our foundation, this week we're going to be jumping into essential habit number two, which is study. And to get at what I mean by study here, let's turn to John uh, 10, 1 through 5 and, and see what it has to say. Let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good, a sheep rustler. The shepherd walks right up to the gate, the gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Now, of course, there's a whole lot going on in this parable that we don't have time to get into this morning. But the part I do want you to notice is where it talks about the sheep knowing the shepherd's voice. Again, for clarity, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. So what this particular parable brings to light when it comes to the walk is that when you strip away all of the complexity of what it means to study as a Christian, and it can be overwhelming and daunting when you think about the depth of what it is that we're studying, what you'll find that that what study is really all about is learning to hear God's voice or learning to hear what God has to teach us about who he is and what he is calling us to be. So with that in mind, what I would like to do is walk you through some of the ways that I go about trying to hear the voice of God, because I think it'll speak to you. I think it'll show you 
maybe a new way forward. So, of course, the, the place that I go most often when trying to hear God speaking is Scripture. In that four to five days a week before I start my day, I take anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to read Scripture. And the reason I've done this and the reason I continue to do this is because since I was a teenager, if I'll actually take the time to do this, if this is a part of my routine in my day, that's when God seems to show up in my life. That's when God seems to speak to me. And by speaking here, I'm not talking about some kind of audible voice. No, what I find in Scripture is that God continues to teach me who he is. And then in turn, how I am called to live in response to him. And of course, this is not just my experience, right? This is the experience of almost every person I've ever met who lives their life devoted to walking with Christ. Or scripture reading is just another one of those foundational pieces you have to have if you want to take this seriously, if you want your life to be about the walk. But with all of that being said, I also know at this point there are some of you who are saying to yourself, well, Pastor Josh, you know what? There was a time in my life when I did try to read my Bible for a couple of months, but my experience wasn't that God showed up and spoke to me like you say happens for you. No, my experience seemed to consist of a whole lot of boredom, maybe some confusion, and mixed with a bit of scandal, right? And that as I read my Bible, I either started to fall asleep, I tried to understand it, I really did, but I couldn't get it, or I found something that was a bit strange and it just wouldn't leave me alone. Or how many of you, if you're honest with yourselves, have had this experience reading scripture? Anybody? If you don't raise your hand, you're lying because you're not reading scripture, right? Because this is the way scripture is. So if this is your experience, please know you're in good company because this stuff is hard. There are people who spend their entire lives studying these things and they still don't have it all figured out. But to help you get back into reading scripture again, because it's so important, let me just give you some practical tips that have helped me along the way. So first of all, do not start at the beginning of the Bible with Genesis and try to read the Bible like you would a normal book. If you do this, I promise you by the time you get to Leviticus, you are going to want to gouge out your eyes. It is that boring. I have tried to get Leviticus so many different times. It is a different time and a different place. It's a beautiful book, but man, is it hard. No, the place that I would encourage you to begin reading is with the Gospels at the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the reason for this is not only are you going to find that the Gospels are easier to read and understand, but most importantly, it's in the Gospels where you're going to find the stories of Jesus. And why Jesus is important is because Jesus is God showing up in human form. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if you want to know who God is and what he has to teach, or if you want to hear God's voice speaking into the world, then start with Jesus. He's your guy. Another thing that I would encourage you to do is make sure you start with an easy-to-read translation. Or in other words, if you have one of those translations that has a bunch of these and thous in it, like the King James Version, I would encourage you to go out and purchase a different translation to make it a little easier on yourself. 
Some of the translations that I like are the NIV, New International Version, NRSV, New Revised Standard Version. There's the message for those of you who have never read the Bible before. That seems to be the easiest way to get into things. There's also the Kingdom New Testament. Or for those of you who are really tech savvy, I would encourage you to download the YouVersion app on your phone because there you're going to find hundreds of different versions of the Bible on this one app. And there you can figure out which one works the best for you. Right? And by the way, that's all free. All you got to do is download it. It'll take you about 10 seconds. And then you have access to all of that. Then once you've found the right translation and you've spent some time reading through the four gospels, at least enough to be familiar with the basics, maybe two or three times a piece here, right? This is not something you read and then just walk away from. It's something you have to give time to. Next then, I would encourage you to go out and get a guide. And what I mean by guide is to go out and find some kind of Bible study or book or commentary that will help you go even deeper into the life and teachings of Jesus. For example, uh, I would encourage you to go out and purchase, if you haven't already done this, a study Bible. And what makes a study Bible different from a normal Bible is that at the bottom, so you'll have the text of Scripture at the top, and then at the bottom, you're going to have notes written by people. This is all that they do. So they know better than you what's going on, and it'll help you kind of walk through the text, right? This Bible that I'm using here, uh, it is the cultural, let's see here, the cultural background study Bible. Uh, and if you're interested in one of these, all you got to do is ask. We'll figure out a way to help you get one of those, but I would encourage you uh, to do that. Other guides that I'm going to recommend to you are pastoral commentaries and different books on the Gospels. I know Adam Hamilton has a couple of books out on Luke and John. Uh, the ladies' Bible study in the back, they love Priscilla Shire, so this is one of her books that helps those guys. They really get a whole lot of this. There's also some Beth Moore studies that they continue to do. I think this one here is on Deuteronomy. So anything that can kind of help you go deeper. Um, my favorite commentaries these days, uh, because the, the person who has written them is one of the most influential scholars, New Testament scholars of our day, is the For Everyone series. So Tom Wright, N.T. Wright is what he puts when he is writing scholarly stuff. Tom Wright wrote the, a whole commentary on the New Testament, and it's like Revelation for everyone, Luke for everyone, Matthew for everyone, whatever you're looking for, he does a really, really good job not making it too highbrow, but, but hitting you where you need to be hit with that stuff. The last one I'd mention to you, which has is, is been famous and a lot of people have used it, is the Daily Bible Study Series, uh, William Barclay. And even though these are old, uh, I know there's a lot of people that get a lot out of these. And if you're looking for a way just to kind of dip your toes in, you can come to our church and we've got a library and there's a collection of these. I would be happy to let you have one of these, check it out, see what it's all about, but I encourage you to find a guide. Then, once you've done all that, or once you've become really familiar with the Jesus story, which, by the way, shouldn't take you a month or a year, I'm talking a three-year journey here at least, right? This is how much time you need to be spending with this stuff. Then what I would encourage you to do is move into the rest of the New Testament doing the exact same thing, right? Read to get familiar with it, then find a God to take you deeper, and then once you get a handle on the New Testament, which should take you a couple more years, right? So maybe six years, five years at this point, then you'll be ready to wrestle with the beauty and wonder that is the Old Testament. And man, it's amazing too. And then for the rest of your life, right, it's rinse and repeat. <laughs> rinse and repeat. 
Why? Because you're not going to read this book and put it down and have it all figured out. No, this is something that you're called to do every single day of your life. The other thing that you need to be well aware of is Jesus calling. Am I hearing Jesus in the back here? That better be Jesus. It's not Jesus. It was. Okay. Then what you also need to understand is that you're never going to have this all nailed down. You're never going to have this all figured out. It's not, not like a book or a novel that you read and set it down and you get the gist of it. No, this is something you need to come back to over and over again. This is a lifetime commitment where God will show up. Or I think one of the most important things that you have to do when you sit down to read Scripture, and it doesn't matter if you're just starting or you've been doing it for 50 years, is right before you begin, you need to take a moment and ask God to meet you there. Ask God to teach and speak to you what it is that you need to hear, what it is that you need to learn. Because as is my experience, it doesn't matter how many times I've read the Bible or read a particular story, God uses that to speak to me where I'm at. God uses that to mold and shape me into who he created me to be. Or to take all of that and make that all very, very simple, right? If you want to hear the voice of God speaking to you in your life, you've got to make reading the Bible a priority. Yeah, it's really that simple. I've given you a simple, a basic way forward. Now you've just got to go do it. Oh, and for those of you who are like, you know, I just haven't heard God speaking to me lately. I don't know what I'm doing and all that stuff. My question to you is, when's the last time you picked up your Bible? Right? Has it been four years? This is important. This is important. Now, even though for me, there's no doubt the place that I find God speaking to me the most in my life is in Scripture, that's not the only place where I hear God speaking to me. The other place that I find God speaking to me is through the Holy Spirit. And that according to Acts 2, what God did as he started his church is he poured out his spirit on all flesh. Or God in some mysterious way has decided to move into our lives so that we can know and be known by him in the deepest, most intimate kind of ways. Or God lives within us. You guys get how astounding that is that the creator of the universe lives in us? And so the way I experience God speaking to me through his spirit is not in audible kind of ways where there's some kind of running voice going on in my head telling me to do what to do all the time. No, the way that God speaks through to me are through nudges, right? Or there'll be a moment where God nudges me to do something to further his kingdom. For example, from out of nowhere, and this happens to me quite a bit, I'll get a nudge to make a phone call to someone in the church for really no reason at all. But then when I do, I find out that person desperately needed to talk or they needed something that I could give them. At other points, I'll be out, you know, out and about trying to get some of my stuff done. And I'm a type A personality. I've got a list. And until that list is done, I can't relax kind of deal. And so I am focused. But then in the midst of me doing that, what God does is he'll stop me. He'll nudge me and say, you, you might need to say hello to this person. Or there might be a conversation that needs to happen there with people that I've never met before. And what happens in those conversations is I learn something maybe I didn't know before or I get to offer them what they needed in that moment. And the truth is, I don't think I'm the only one who has the experience. Right? I think God is nudging us. How many of you guys know what a nudge is? How many of you guys are really good at ignoring the nudge? 
right? That happens all the time. We need to get really, really good at not pushing that away, but understanding that's God's spirit pointing us in a direction so we can go do even more of his work. Another way that I find the Spirit speaking to me is through other people. And I don't like this one as much as I like the other ones, right? So if for some reason I'm not listening, if I'm not paying attention, it's like God sends someone, whether they're aware of it or not, to help me to see or or to hear what I've been missing. And the reason this happens is because the same Spirit that lives on the inside of me lives inside of a whole lot of other people, right? Right? So when necessary, God uses other people to speak to me. Often, most of the time, it's through my wife. And I don't really take that really well all the time. (laughs) And I think it's vice versa, but we won't get into that part, right? I mean, this stuff happens all the time. We just have to be aware of this. Or to give you an example that you guys hopefully experience every single week. What I hope is happening for all of you every single time you show up to worship is God is using me to speak to you. Or my prayer every single week is that, Lord, may I become less and you become more. Or God, please use me as your conduit, your medium to speak, to communicate what it is your people need to hear from you. That's what I hope you guys get every single week. And then finally, to push this idea of hearing God's voice to the furthest extreme, what I have found is if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, there's actually no place and no time where God's not speaking or where God is not shouting from every nook and cranny of existence his love, his longing, his care for every single one of us. And the scripture that brings this truth to light for me is Psalm 19, 1 through 4, and it says this. God's glory is on tour in the skies. God craft on exhibit across the horizon. Madam Day holds classes every morning. Professor Knight lectures each morning. Their words aren't heard. Their voices aren't recorded. But their silence fills the earth. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. And what I believe the psalmist is getting at here in poetic form is how even though creation doesn't literally speak to us in an audible kind of way, the truth is without a voice, without a sound, everything that God has created is shouting about just how amazing and magnificent our God really is. Or to experience this voice that offers no sound. Tonight, when it gets dark, go out and lay in your backyard and look up at the night sky and see what happens to you. For those of you with kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews or whatever, take a moment sometime in the next couple days to just look at their faces. In this service, right now as we speak, listen as these little critters make their noises. Right? Or just take a moment And be still and quiet and see if you can't hear that that eternal, still, small voice speaking to you from every part of creation. Because my experience is it's there. We're just too busy to pay attention. We're just too caught up in a TV show to hear. We're just too stressed out about that one thing that we can't take a moment just to let our brains relax. 
So now that you're understanding the nature and importance of study as an essential practice for the Christian life, what you need to be doing to hear God's voice is you need to take two to five minutes a day to read and listen to Scripture. You need to pay attention to those nudges that are going on in your life and in your heart all the time. And you might just want to pay attention to what others are saying to you. And then in the midst of that, may God open your ears and eyes to hear and see that he is always speaking. Because study is another essential part of what it means to walk with Jesus daily. And if you do this, if you do this, it will transform you. But again, I say to you guys, I can lead the horse to water, but I can't make you drink. You guys have got to make this choice for yourselves. And if you do, I promise you, you'll be different. You'll find yourself living a different life full of meaning and purpose. I'm not going to say it's going to get any easier because oftentimes God shows up and asks us to do things we don't want to do. But it will make a difference. It will be for something bigger than yourself. Let us pray. Father, again, we come before you, and as we continue uh, in this series, it's my hope that people are starting to see what it is that you're calling us to do as your people. And that first and foremost, Lord, you're calling us to be a people of worship, a people who show up week in and week out to connect with you in this place, but also a people of prayer. And then today, oh Lord, my prayer is that everybody is starting to understand that, that study or learning to hear your voice is a big part of what it means to walk with you. So help us today, Lord, stop making excuses and just go do it. We've got a way forward. We've got an idea. Help us to do that. And when everyone does this, Lord, we ask that you show up. We ask that you begin speaking to us, begin transforming us, doing whatever it is that you need to do in our lives. Because ultimately, our goal in life is to walk with you. Our goal in life is to become who you created us to be. Our goal in life is to live into the extraordinary lives you have created for each and every one of us. And it starts here. It's your name and for our sake that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.